Hello, it's AJ, and welcome to the D Plus Club. Wow, it feels like it's been a while since I've said that. As always, I'll be bringing you the latest news and rumours in the world of Disney Plus, and I'll also be covering what's new and what's coming soon to the Disney Plus streaming service in the US and in the UK. Of course, we also usually have a weekly movie club. Now, the last weekly movie club, of course, has ran for about four or five weeks because I've been on holiday and I took a slightly longer break before just so we could get packed and prepared and everything like that. In the last show, we did cover the movie The Parent Trap, which which uh, I actually really enjoyed, and it was one of my wife's favourite movies. But uh, we did return to our MCU series for the next movie, which has been Thor Ragnarok. So hopefully everyone's had a chance to watch it over these last four or five weeks, and uh, hopefully everyone's been doing well, of course, as well. Of course, in the meantime, I have been away to Walt Disney World, which we have been waiting for for the longest, longest time. Now, I did want to start off, of course, by talking about the holiday. It's been something that I've been talking about for the longest, longest time and I wanted to kind of just cover everything that we did and uh, how, how it was, how much we enjoyed it and things like that as well. So yeah, I want to start off with that, then we'll get into some brief news and uh, carry on with the show as normal. But uh, let's start at the very beginning. Wow, what a stressful start to the holiday it was. Now, I don't know what it's like in the rest of the world, but here in the UK there've been there's been lots of flight cancellations and flight delays and this, that and the other. And on the very first morning of our holiday, I woke up and my wife said to me, the flight's been delayed. And I was like, oh, no, no, that's not what I want to be able to hear at the very, very start of the very first morning of the holiday. But at the time, it was only about an hour and 20 minutes it had been delayed. Apparently, it was just to do with the aircraft that was coming in was delayed coming in from another airport. So I was like, fine, OK, we're going to go as as normal and we're going to get checked in we'll just have a breakfast and sit around and just wait for the aircraft fine went to the airport checked all of our bags in and everything had a nice breakfast at the weatherspoons at the airport which is like a bar uh, that offers breakfast for or breakfast lunch and dinner should i say at the airport all day long and uh, yeah we had that went to go and sit down and wait for the aircraft and then we saw that there was another delay and that extended it to two hours then the next thing we hear, there's another delay of another half an hour and another delay of another half an hour. And at this point, we're at three hours worth of delays. And I, I don't know what people who are listening, you might have young children or not, but trying to amuse young children in a airport for six hours when there's not really anything to do and all they've got is the things that they're taking as their carry-on items... It was a challenge, let's say. Thankfully, my son had seen another kid that uh, he decided to go and play with. Uh, my daughter had her cousin to be able to play with and her cousin once removed. Anyway, I don't know how what the wording is for it, but anyway, she was playing with them. So it wasn't really too bad, but of course at this point we were starting to get bored as well. But eventually we did get onto the aircraft. It was over three hours delayed in total. And uh, yeah, then of course we had a nine-hour flight to uh, Florida. So that was a very, very, very long day, that, that first day. And also when we got to the other side as well, we flew into Melbourne, Orlando, and uh, we were picking up some cars there that we were going to be renting for the two weeks. And even that process took like an hour and a half. 
So in the end, we got to the villa where we were staying at nearly five hours later than we were supposed to be arriving there. And we basically just went straight to bed. It was it was the longest day that you can think of. And I was so, so tired on that very first day. But of course, me being the organizer that I am, I arranged all holidays so I could have alarms before seven o'clock in the morning so I could wake up and book all of our lightning lanes or fast passes for all of the rides. And I got up that very first morning i was like really on it with uh, getting onto all of these rides we had an ohana's breakfast on the very first day which really really enjoyed i do wish that the characters would have returned they're not returning until uh, next month i think it is now uh, but yeah we really really enjoyed that breakfast and i would go as far as saying it's one of the best breakfasts i've had on disney property really really enjoyed it but yeah we were able to get onto all of the rides that we we're able to get onto so Magic Kingdom. We had a little bit of an issue very first thing getting onto Splash Mountain because our Ohana's breakfast ran over and we were a bit late getting into the park, but we were still able to get on it. They, the cast members in the parks were able to sort all that for us. Went on Haunted Mansion. We were able to go on Pirates of the Caribbean. We went on Jungle Cruise, although that I think that was on the second visit that we had to Magic Kingdom. We went on to Buzz Lightyear Space Rangers. But we, basically, we went on just about everything. Between multiple visits to each of the parks, of course, in uh, Hollywood Studios, went to Toy Story Land, went to Star Wars Galaxy's Edge, and wow, that is so immersive. Well, both of them, really. With... with Toy Story Land, of course, it's as if you're in Andy's backyard and you can see all these giant footprints on the ground and there's big blocks everywhere and just absolutely amazing. But I was so blown away by Star Wars Galaxy's Edge. It was just on another level. It's like you're actually immersed in the Star Wars universe and you get to see this life-size Millennium Falcon. You be able to get to see all of these other ships like the the X-Wings and things like that. It was absolutely amazing. We even went to places like Ogre's Cantina as well. So we were able to go and see DJ Rex in the bar. Of course, anyone who has been to Walt Disney World before will know that DJ Rex was the previous pilot to uh, Star Tours, the the ride. And of course, he is is now the DJ over in Star Wars Galaxy's Edge at Ogre's Cantina. And there's a whole backstory behind that. There is a whole physical backstory that you can read about how... Uh, the character of Rex, or I forget the actual droid's name now, I'll have to look it up, but how his character crash-landed on Batuu and how he was saved from a scrapper and became the DJ of this bar. And there are some little nods to his previous uh, Star Tours adventures that you can hear whilst you're in the bar as well. And the music's really good as well. Really, 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 really enjoyed that. I went and got um, a Ronto wrap from Ronto Roasters. We were able to just walk around all of the different shops. I committed when I went on holiday to pick up two lightsabers. Now, I was originally looking for the Skywalker saber and also the Obi-Wan saber. Those were the primary ones that I was wanting. And of course, if one or both wasn't available, I did have some backups in mind. So I wanted to have a look at the Luke Return of the Jedi saber, which has got this really nice uh, alterable hilt. So if you want it on display, you can have it more movie accurate. Or if you want to be able to actually light the blade, you can have it so it looks very good, but also gives you that ability to be able to light it. And I also wanted to have a look at the Ahsoka Clone Wars dual uh, hilts as well. And I went in, I was having a look at all of the different ones. I was even offered to be able to look at the uh, Calcastus one from Jedi Fallen Order. Brilliant, brilliant lightsaber. I really wish I could have got that one as well, but it really, 
really, really heavy. Like it's, I think it is the heaviest lightsaber they have in there. But anyway, regardless of that, I ended up looking at the Luke Return of the Jedi and also the Ahsoka hilts because they didn't have either the Skywalker blade or the Obi-Wan. Now, the Obi-Wan, as far as I can tell after doing a little bit of research since then, it's either in um, one of the parks as of right now or it's available for some people from early purchase and it's available in the parks from September, I think. Now, I, I don't know how I'll be able to get it, but that is one that I want to be able to get just because I want to add it to my collection. I was able to pick up the uh, Skywalker Saga blade, the actual one that Anakin, then Luke, and then Rey had, but without the uh, Rey Reforged wrapping around it. They did have the Rey Reforged wrapping one in Galaxy's Edge, but I decided to hold off and see if I could get the one without it. And they did actually have it in Tatooine Traders, which is the shop outside of Star Tours, and they had it with a blade included and a stand, so I was able to get that. I didn't actually open it whilst I was on holiday, but when I got back, I opened it, and I realised that there was some of the paint was chipped off of one of the plastic sections of it, and I was so gutted. I was like, I should have opened it whilst I was there, and then I could have got it swapped whilst I was there. This, that, and the other. Anyway, I picked up a, a silver metallic pen on Amazon and just retouched it up myself. It looks brilliant. So I've put it on display in the cabinet in uh, my living room, along with some other trinkets that I picked up from Star Wars Galaxy's Edge as well. I got uh, a holocron with a, a blue and a green uh, kyber crystal. I also picked up... Oh, what else did I pick up? I picked up a Sabak set, which I actually ended up picking up two Sabak sets, so I could put one in the cabinet with the display case and everything, and another one that I can actually play, and I've been learning the rules, so it might be one that I might play at the pub with my friend Andy. Andy, if you're listening, be ready, start reading the rules, because that's something that I'm bringing on to the pub in a couple of weeks' time, and we'll, uh, we'll ha- try our hand at a few games of Sabak, so yeah, really looking forward to trying that. And oh, what else did I pick up? So is there Chance Cubes? I got some like coasters when we went to Ogre's Cantina and things like that. But uh, yeah, all in all, really, really enjoyed it. Went to Animal Kingdom. I was able to tr- uh, go to Pandora for the very first time. I was able to go on Flight of Passage and Navi River Journey and things like that. And that is another land that the, um, the Walt Disney Imagineers have done such an absolutely brilliant job with bringing you into these environments and making you feel like you're there in the film now on the first week we only went there during the day i purchased should i say the lightning lane i'll get back to lightning lanes in a little bit but i purchased the extra lightning lane for uh, flight of passage for uh, 10 of us in total i think it was no nine of us because my daughter couldn't go on but uh, yeah really really enjoyed that and things like the plant life and all of the theming the float floating mountains waterfalls absolutely everything it was just so immersive and i absolutely loved it from beginning to end now i don't know if anyone is following me over on social media if you're not head over to the d plus club so the d plus the word plus club over on instagram posted loads of photos from my holiday whilst i was there and you can check out some of the ones from both galaxy's edge and pandora on there but i did actually end up going back to pandora on my second week specifically in the evening just so i could go and be able to see pandora at night because it all lights up bioluminescent and everything and it is absolutely amazing i I, I didn't. I just specifically wanted to go so I could see that. I also wanted to be able to see Galaxy's Edge at night, but I was more focused on seeing 
Pandora at night because they've made such a, a an awesome job of theming that so it lights up in the evening. And even even though the park closes just as it's just as it's getting dark, I, I was able to maybe hang around in there for half an hour to an hour after like the restaurants had closed and the rides had closed and things like that, just experiencing it because it's just absolutely brilliant. Really, really enjoyed it. What else did we do? So we did Magic Kingdom, Animal Kingdom, Hollywood Studios. We did Epcot. So we went on to the new Guardians of the Galaxy ride. I did actually pay for that. I was looking at trying to get the um, the boarding passes for the virtual queues, and it was just so stressful that I, I was just like, you know what? I'm just going to spend the money, and I, I end up paying for me and my wife, my sister, and her partner to be able to go on it. My dad and my godmother were like probably a little bit tall for it now especially with the spinning they were a bit unsure about it and my son had kind of freaked him out already with rock and roller coaster i will come back to that but uh, yeah we decided just the four of us would go on it and i absolutely loved it we got uh conga as the song i think there's about five six different songs that you can get but yeah really really enjoyed that it's even though it's a spinning coaster, it's you spin into scenes and you spin with the ride as well. So it's not like you're spinning anti-clockwise to where you're going to be facing. So it was a really, really enjoyable experience. And yeah, absolutely loved that. Like I say, we did pay for quite a few of the lightning lanes. For In fact, I actually paid for one of every lightning lane that you could do. So what were the ones I could do? Rise of the Resistance I paid for because I just I, there was no way I was leaving without being able to get onto Rise of the Resistance. I paid for Guardians of the Galaxy. I paid for Flight of Passage, and at Magic Kingdom mainly because we didn't do it in 2015 when we were there. I paid for Seven Dwarfs Mine Train, and that was just because we, all of us could go onto that, and it was just a really really enjoyable experience. And yeah, really really liked it. It was much better than waiting a two hour wait, I think, which was the queue at the time, but. Uh, yeah really really enjoyed that i did say i would come back quickly to uh, the rides that my son went on now my son's actually old enough and tall enough to be able to go on all of the roller coasters and i think i made a mistake by introducing him to rock and roller coaster very first i know it's probably irresponsible of me but he was so excited to be able to go on i was like right okay if that's the one that you want to go on just be warned it's very fast it's indoors but it if you want to go onto it, you can go onto it. So he did, he went onto it, and uh, I've got a photo somewhere. I might post it on Instagram at some point. But the photo from the ride, he looks so scared as it's setting off. And, yeah, I, I absolutely loved it. But he got off with saying to me, I'm not sure I liked that. It was a little bit, my, my tummy's a little bit upside down. I was like, oh, God. <laughs> I didn't, just didn't want him to, to throw up on the ride. But, no, he... he he absolutely loved all of the other rides we went on. We did have to convince him a few times, you know what, this isn't a roller coaster or this isn't one that's inside or it's not fast or it doesn't go upside down, this, that and the other. But he ended up going on like loads of other different rides. So he went on to Hagrid's, which I will come back to again as well. He went on to Everest. He went on to Slinky Dog Dash, Seven Dwarfs Mine Train. And he went on to like loads of other different rides. What was the other one that he went on to at Universal? Escape from Gringotts, he went on to, and uh, uh, Forbidden Journey, although that's not a roller coaster, but it still like turns you and lifts you around and things like that. But uh, no, he ended up really, really enjoying all of those. And one of the ones that we really struggled with, we did pay for, was Flight of Passage. And he was so scared getting onto that that he was like, I don't want to do it, even like to the point where he was sat in the chair, like refusing to do it. 
and he got off of that ride and he was like, I love that so much, I want to do it again. So thankfully that was in the first week. And even though he had been so, so scared getting onto that ride, in the second week when we went back specifically to go to uh, Pandora in the evening, I said to him, do you want to go on it? There's only four of us on that day out of the 11 going to Pandora in the evening. And I said, do you want to go on it again? He was like, yeah, yeah, I want to go on that one again. I really, really enjoyed that one. Can we go on it again, please? So it, it ended up being just me and my son that went on to it. But he absolutely loved it. And uh, it, there were some other ones that were like it, like Soaring that he absolutely loved. And some of the other universal ones that are like immersion experiences where like, you've got a big screen around you. There's jimmy fallon there's minions and things like that and he absolutely loved those ones as well so yeah uh, I, I do think we freaked him out a little bit with rock and roller coaster but he did it and then he did loads of other roller coasters afterwards but uh, i personally think we could have built him up a little bit better but that was the one that he wanted to do he was so excited to be able to do it but uh, yeah i just think that i should have built him up a little bit more for it and maybe warned him a little bit more than i even ha already had but yeah, apart from that, I will, like I say, I did want to come back to the Genie Plus and Lightning Lane experience. I am rambling a little bit, so I am really sorry for people who are listening in that think I'm going from one topic to another. I'm just conscious of time that I still haven't covered the news and what's new and coming soon. But I know a lot of people wanted to hear my experiences about the holiday and about lots of different things from the holiday as well. So I do want to be able to cover these. So when it comes to Genie Plus... Genie Plus is the new version of FastPass. Anyone who is listening to this show has most likely either come from Sorcerer Radio, where you will hear about all of the things from the parks, or you may have found me from social media, or you may have found me just through the, your local podcasting platform or from another podcast that you've listened to. But when it comes to Genie Plus, Genie Plus is the newer version of the old FastPass system. It's all based on your phone, where you can book to go onto a ride and skip the queues. It's a paid version of the old free FastPass. Now, we had Genie Plus included in our UK tickets. Of course, since we purchased those tickets, they now no longer offer that as an option. It worked out for us that it cost us about $7 per person per day for all of the uh, like people in our party to be able to access Genie Plus every single day that we're there, rather than the $15 per person per uh, day that you would usually pay if you're in the park. So I, I was really thankful that we got that included and I was able to work that out. And of course, that's no longer available for UK or even international guests anymore. Nobody can actually get Genie Plus included in their tickets. So I was able to secure that for us so that we had it on every single day. And I just arranged through my phone each day, starting at seven o'clock, booking our rides. Now, we did go with a party with a baby. And it was a bit more challenging to be able to work that because not every day did they want to be able to get up and get the baby into the parks very, very first thing. So I would sometimes book a ride for us when we wanted to go in very first thing in the morning. And then I would book rides for us as a larger group later in the day. For the first few days, we were booking everything all together. And we eventually worked out that that was just not going to work very well. Just because with the baby, they were working at a slightly different pace. My dad's a little bit older now and he couldn't work at the same pace as like we were working at. But uh, we were still able to work out the Genie Plus and Lightning Lanes really, really well, actually. I was able to book onto rides. And as soon as people were in that ride, I was able to book onto the next ride. And it worked well, well where you're in the park, you can 
book onto another ride and to another ride and to another ride and so on and so forth. And we were able to get lots of different rides done in that system. However, not every day did we want to go into the park very, very first thing. Sometimes we might want to sleep in or we might want uh, some time in the pool or things like that. And in those instances, you're able to book a ride and then once the park's open, and of course the park's open at a varying time, whether it's uh, 9 o'clock, it could be 8.30, but once the park is open, you can then, after two hours, book another ride, and then two hours after that, another ride. So there were some instances where I would be waking up at 7 o'clock and intending to go into the park at 1 o'clock, for example, where I might have a few rides stacked up that I could just like quickly knock through, but because my most recent one wasn't until the fourth one i think it was or whatever it was i couldn't book another lightning lane until after that it's very complex how it worked but it did work well if you wanted to knock out like i say four rides all at once when you first got into the park just go between them it worked really really well for that so i I was very thankful that we had that included one thing that i will say though is that especially hollywood studios i found that because that is a much smaller park and much more condensed in terms of there's a lot more big ticket attractions and areas and there's a lot more people in a much smaller area it was much harder to secure lightning lanes in that park than it was for any of the other parks that we went to and it was definitely if you wanted to skip the queues especially it was definitely a multi-day park to be able to secure all of the rides that you wanted to go on because especially things like one of the ones I wanted to be able to do was Tower of Terror and even after coming back I wasn't able to go on it because I was prioritizing newer attractions over the older attractions that we've been on so on the first day I prioritized things like Mickey and Minnie's and I I wanted to go on the Millennium Falcon Rise of the Resistance I wanted to be able to go on to um, things like Toy Story Mania because I know the kids would enjoy that and rock and roller coaster of course for my son and so on and so forth so i was prioritizing these other rides and because i was prioritizing those tower of terror all of the lightning lanes had sold out for the day so you couldn't actually go onto that ride after that unless you wanted to wait in a i think it was like a 45 minute to an hour and a half queue it varied throughout the day but it just wasn't one that we're able to get onto and then similarly on the second time we went i wanted to be able to do uh, Millennium Falcon again because I wanted to be able to go onto that with my dad. Wanted to do Slinky because we'd not done that in the first week, and I, I'll come back to Slinky in a second because there were so many complications around that. And again, by the time we'd done that, we weren't able to go on Tower of Terror because Tower of Terror, all of the Lightning Lane selections for the day had sold out, and it, I think it was like a sixty-five minute wait or something at the time. And I was like, I can't wait with with two young children for sixty-five minutes in a line. It's just not physically possible for us so it was one ride that regretfully i love but i just wasn't able to get back onto and hopefully on the next trip that we go on which might be in four or five years time i think i did some mental maths the other night i think it'll probably be in about four or five years time we might be able to go back and hopefully it's not been rethemed i'll be able to go on it again then but yeah really really enjoyed all of the other rides and experiences that we're able to do in those parks because all of that star wars and toy story and the new mickey and minis it's all new for all of us including the kids and i wanted to make sure that as many people as possible got on all of the newer experiences as possible so if that meant missing out on some of the older experiences that we've done previously i was willing to do that in some instances but no really really enjoyed that 
what else were we able to do? I met up with a long-time family friend that we haven't seen in many, many years. Actually, probably since, was it just at before or just after my mum passed away? It's been a very, very, very long time, more than 10 years, let's say. So, yeah, we were able to go and see her on one day at, at Epcot. They were actually booked on to, to go on to Guardians of the Galaxy before we were even, because we didn't get to go on it until the second week. And apart from that, we also went to the Universal Parks on two days. And I really, really enjoyed going to Universal this time. I don't think that we'll do it on future trips because we'll probably try to stay on site at Disney and it might be a bit more complicated. But we decided that we wanted to do Universal on two days on this trip. And we focused doing on Islands of Adventure in the first week, which we actually did a combination of Islands of Adventure and Universal because we hopped over on the Hogwarts Express kind of midday and then explored some of the Diagon Alley side at Universal. And also went to the, um, oh, what did they call it? The Tribute Store over at Universal before it closed for its Halloween makeover, let's say. But no, I really, really enjoyed doing that that day. We only did a few rides because there's a lot of roller coasters now at Islands of Adventure and they weren't really all suitable for the kids, let's say. I did manage to go on Velocicoaster whilst the kids were sat having some food and we also did Spider-Man, we did the the Kong attraction, we did the Jurassic Park uh, uh, River Adventure, I think it's called, the one where you go down from the inside of the building with the T-Rex. And yeah, really, really enjoyed that. We went over to Diagon Alley, which is... No, we went over to, sorry, say Hogsmeade, which is on the Islands of Adventure side. And it was really, really busy on that day. I don't know why. I think at the time Hagrid's was closed and many people were waiting around for it to reopen. So it was just building up like a giant crowd and we didn't really get to experience um, the... Hogsmeade area as much as I would have liked to let's say we did go into some of the shops don't get me wrong I went into uh, the sweet shop that's over there went into um, just some of the other ones in the area I think it was a sweet shop that we primarily wanted to see whilst we're in that uh, sort of area but we didn't go any rides on that day we did then go over to the Diagon Alley side where we were able to purchase a couple of wands i got the 2022 collector's edition wand and my wife got i think it's one from fantastic beasts and i can't remember the name of the uh, character right now but it's a like a very dark maybe a black wand with a silvery sort of handle to it she really 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 liked that design that's the one that she wanted to go for but me going going to that area i knew in advance that i wanted to get the 2022 collector's edition wand which is like this reddish sort of wood I, I don't know what sort of red wood it is but it's a reddish sort of wood but with like gold inlays in it, into it and i really really liked that design so i picked that up my wife picked up a wand she has previously got the harry potter wand from there as well so uh, yeah no she really really liked this design this time so she got that and we also went into Oh, where did we go into? The Leaky Cauldron for food. That is absolutely brilliant, by the way. The way that they do the food ordering in there, absolutely superb. You can either queue up in the regular line and just wait to be seated once you've got your food. Or if you have all of the information on your phone already, you can actually mobile order, go up to like the front of the queue and they will seat you and you just tap your phone against the table and it will say, this is where you are. Are you ready for your food to be served now? And that was it. We had our food maybe within about 10 minutes because we'd already mobile ordered and I really, really enjoyed it. I actually had a vegan dish. I'm not vegan, by the way. I really enjoy like meat dishes, but they had this shepherd's pie pasty 
and absolutely gorgeous. It was maybe a bit more peppery than I would have liked, maybe because of how they produce like the the vegan uh, ingredients that are in there. But no, I really, really enjoyed that, and I ended up having it again on the second time that we went. On the second time we went, actually, we did ha- actually have the express passes, which is the universal pay to the front of the queue. We knocked out like 13, uh, 14 rides in total, should I say, although one of them wasn't on express. 14 rides in a single day across two parks because we were using the express passes. And yeah, we got so much done. I, I don't think we could have done that much without the express passes, but they do cost a lot, a lot of money. And we only went for the option which is two parks but one ride at a time you can do one which is unlimited rides in a single day and we just didn't think that we'd have enough time because we wanted to go to so many different attractions but i don't think we could have done as many without it we did go initially into universal because there's a lot more rides in the universal side that the kids could do so we did things like uh, minions et simpsons we did Oh, what, which other ones did we do? Oh, that was it. We, we did Jimmy Fallon. We did Transformers. Then we went in, we did uh, Escape from Gringotts. Then we went over and did Forbidden Journey. And we were able to get onto Hagrid's. The Hagrid's Magical Journey Motorbike Adventure, whatever it's called. It's got a very, very long name. Now, when we were there, of, of, of course, whilst we were there, we also did... Um, Sorry, we did the Hogwarts Express, which is classed as another ride because it's a an attraction where you've got the video screen and you see the journey from uh, London's King's Cross to be able to get to Hogsmeade and also the other way around as well. And also, here's an Easter egg for you. When you're going from London's King's Cross side of uh, Universal Studios to Hogsmeade, you get to be able to see the board of all of the trains that are coming into different state, different platforms and on one of the boards, it says that there is a departure from London's King's Cross to Doncaster. Now, Doncaster is the city in the United Kingdom where I live. And it was really interesting to be able to be stood in Universal looking at a replica of the London King's Cross board, seeing that there is a train, supposedly, departing to my home city. And I just thought that was really interesting. So if you're in the Universal Studios side and you go to go on the Hogwarts Express, look out for Doncaster on the board, and that is where I live. Just ask to see if you can get a train there. I don't think you would be able to, though. Uh, but yes, we were able to get onto Hagrid's. Now, I'm not going to explain the entire thing that happened, let's say, because I maybe wouldn't recommend doing this. But we were able to skip more or less a three-hour queue legitimately this is something that they permitted us to be able to do we spoke to someone there and we were able to at that time skip a three-hour queue and i won't go into the ins and outs of it because i would maybe not recommend doing this method because it's not fair on other people that have been waiting for a very long time to be able to get onto that ride but long story short we were able to experience hagrid's where we probably otherwise wouldn't have been able to because we wouldn't have had the time and wouldn't be able to keep the kids amused in a three-hour queue for that amount of time. So, yeah, it was... I'm just thankful we're able to go on to it. I will be telling certain people, let's say, like my friend Andy, when I speak to him in a week or so's time, I will be speaking to a couple of people in the Sorcerer Radio Discord and saying this is this is what happened. However, I wouldn't recommend doing this if I was you. Uh, but yeah, it, it was... Uh, 
a whole thing, let's say, and we were able to get onto Hagrid's, and I really enjoyed it. However, I will say, I don't think it's worth a three-hour wait. Don't there are a lot? It's a very good ride, and I rode the motorbike. My son was in the sidecar. And technically, the way that they do things like there's a drop in the ride, even though it's a roller coaster, there's a backwards element. Really, really good. Technically, it is an absolutely brilliant ride. However, unless you've read the books or seen the movies, actually, to be fair, I think you have had to you would have had to have read the books to be able to fully appreciate the ride, because there is a section in the ride which includes a very strong call to the books, and it's something that was not featured in the movies at all so people who have never read the books will be looking at this particular very large animatronic and thinking what the heck is that but yeah it, i won't give too much away because i would like for people to be able to ride it for themselves or at least see the official ride throughs let's say that are on youtube or the sneaky ones that other people have been able to do but yeah i really really enjoyed it and i definitely wouldn't have waited three hours for it but i'm thankful that we're able to experience it nonetheless but yeah i think that's kind of about it we got to experience lots of different food like i say i was able to go to uh things like uh, ronto roasters to get a ronto wrap i was able to experience things like the uh jack jack cookie num num which people have been raving about for a long time my wife was able to get a, a nice key lime pie because she's never had key lime pie before and she really re really wanted to get it we're able to experience some of the the new restaurants and new eateries that, that are there i got things like a, a, a crepe from the new place in paris where the ratatouille ride is and i was able to get some unique drinks there as well we tried both the 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 blue and the green milk in star wars galaxy's edge we did get them spiked so we did have the alcoholic version but i don't know which i preferred better i liked them both but for different reasons but i would say out of the two maybe i liked the blue one that little bit more i know some people say that one is more uh fruity and florally flavored than the other one i think that's the green one but no, I enjoyed them both, but for completely different reasons. And we just shared them between like three of us. So yeah, really, really liked that. The three, of course, being me, my wife and my dad. I didn't want to subject the kids to alcohol at a young age. So don't worry about that. Uh, but yeah, we tried some of the uh, food at the Food and Wine Festival as well that was available. There were some that I would have liked to have tried that didn't open until after we've left, which I think they opened this past week, which is things like the Hawaii booth. But apart from that, we're able to walk around World Showcase, just take some photos, went into things like the Japan Pavilion where my son was able to look at some Pokemon merchandise that's quite unique because, of course, Pokemon isn't really owned by the Disney company and it's doesn't really have a presence in the US, let's say. If anything, I would say that they probably had more of a partnership with Universal. Of course, uh, Nintendo have a partnership for the upcoming Mario uh, movie, which is done with DreamWorks, which is Universal, but Pokemon themselves don't really have a tie to either disney or universal directly but we're able to go into the japan pavilion and have a look at some of the pokemon merchandise that is there they have lots of merchandise for lots of different japanese like games there was some mario stuff in there as well which really surprised me because mario will have a a, a land in uh, universal's epic universe i think it's going to be in orlando within a few years time also of course over in california and also in japan as well so i was really surprised to see a lot of mario merchandise in there but there's also a lot of anime stuff in there as well so uh, yeah he really enjoyed looking at that because he really likes mario and he really likes pokemon and he actually picked up a couple of pokemon v v 
bits, including a cap and a uh, Pikachu silver plush, which he really liked as well. But uh, yeah, we just really enjoyed looking around all of Epcot. Anyway, I am concerned that I am rambling on a little bit now and uh, looking at my computer, it says that I've been recording for about half an hour and I've not even touched on the news yet. If you would like to ask me anything about my trip, I would be more than happy to speak about it again in the future. Like I say, do also head over to my Instagram where I have lots of information and photos from our previous trip there and yeah, just really, 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 really enjoyed it. I may end up posting some more photos. I took thousands of photos, honestly. So the photos that I have posted on Instagram are only a very small selection of what I was able to, to pick out whilst I was over there. And I need to go through the rest and edit them and just color correct them and post those over on my Instagram as well, because I absolutely loved every second of it. What else did... Before, actually, before I close out this, me and my wife were able to go on a date night as well whilst we were over there. That's the first date night that we have had, well, a, a meal out on an evening, should I say, at all, without our children since my son was born. And my son is seven years old now. So we were able to have a date night and my godmother got our kids to sleep. And I was really, 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 really thankful for that. We went to the House of Blues restaurant at Disney Springs. And then we had a walk around Disney Springs afterwards. And of course, having children, we ended up buying things for the kids whilst we were out anyway. Um, but whilst we were there, we did go to Gideon's Bake House, which is the place that does the really big... Uh, I'm going to call them gourmet cookies. That's the only way I can describe them as gourmet cookies. And we're able to get, oh, which ones did we get? The the classic, the dark coffee one, the key lime pie. And what was the other one we had? It was like a nut one, I think. But anyway, really, really enjoyed them. We're speaking to a woman in the line. And she said, you have to get the marshmallow icing. And I'm glad she told us about that because we picked that up and that made everything so much more better. I also got loads of pins whilst we're there as well. We're going to make a pin board for the house. I'll take a photo of that whilst it's done or when it's done, sorry, as well. And yeah, we've got loads of pins to put on a pin board and we got some pins from Gideon's as well to commemorate us going to Gideon's. But yeah, anyway, I, I am rambling a little bit now. I do need to move on to get to the actual news and, you know, the actual focus of this podcast, which is all about Disney+. Plus. But yeah, I did want to talk about the holiday. It's been a big thing that I've been waiting to be able to talk about for oh, the longest time, let's say. So I wanted to be able to make sure I did dedicate a segment to the show today all about that. I will take a quick break before we come back to the news. I am concerned that I have been rambling for quite a while and then we'll maybe include the news and what's new and coming soon to Disney Plus. Maybe as part of one segment this week. I will promise next week we'll get back to a more normal sort of news format, let's say. Hi, it's Jeff Davis here on Sorcerer Radio. Join me every Friday morning at 8 a.m. Eastern Time for DW60. We'll start things off with Press Row as we talk about some of the top news stories from the Walt Disney World Resort. And, of course, there's always rumors floating around, and I'll cover them during the Rumors of the Week. And I'll be reading your emails during email time. As always, I'll be playing some of your favorite Disney music from around the Walt Disney World Resort. If you missed the show, catch the replay that evening at 7 p.m. Eastern Time. And you can always catch up on the news of the week during DW60's Press Row Podcast, available on Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Stitcher Radio, and Spotify. It's DW60 with me, Jeff Davis, here on Sorcerer Radio, all Disney music all day long, srsounds.com. 
What are some of the most popular songs played on Sorcerer Radio? We'll find out every Monday morning on the SRN Top 10 at 8 a.m. Eastern. Vote for your favorite Disney song on the Sorcerer Radio app by pressing the vote button on the bottom part of the screen. That's the SRN Top 10 on Sorcerer Radio. All Disney music all day long. SRSounds.com. And we're back. And as of course, like I said just before the break, now would usually be the time when I would cover the news. And I am conscious that it's been five weeks, of course, since the last show. And there's been a lot of news since then. And I don't want to cover everything because most people have seen stuff that's four or five weeks old. And even then, I have been talking for about half an hour about my trip to Walt Disney World. So I don't want to be able to cover the news in complete in-depth because that would be just very boring. So this week, I'm going going to cover it in more of a bullet point sort of format and then we'll get back to the regular news format in the next coming weeks or so so let's have a look at what we had covered whilst i was away a deadline reported that disney is reportedly adapting another disney parks attraction attraction in the form of big thunder mountain now big thunder mountain was one that i didn't get a chance to go on this last week or two weeks whilst i was away on holiday but it is a runaway mine train that's in magic kingdom it's also in parks around the world in disneyland paris and also in disneyland in california as well and it has slightly different formats around the world but it would be interesting to see how they turn this one into a ride like i say it's a sort of runaway mine train let's say so let's see what we hear about that in the future reportedly the national treasure 3 script has actually been written according to director jerry brookheimer and apparently it's currently awaiting approval from nicholas cage of course we do have the national treasure tv series upcoming soon on disney plus as well but we were promised that this would be an addition to the existing national treasure franchise and that we could get a national treasure 3 film in the future and i as i've said when we covered the national treasure film a, a while back in the week movie club i absolutely loved these films growing up and i'm looking forward to finding out more about this national treasure 3 script and when we might end up seeing it david Crumholtz, i think that's how you say that anyway he has confirmed that he will be reprising his role as bernard in some capacity in the upcoming santa claus limited tv series of course bernard was featured in the santa claus one film and also briefly in the second film as well but wasn't included in the third so it'd be interesting to see in what capacity he is in the series let's say he did play an elf and of course typically in these films the elves are portrayed as being quite young in looks but old and wise in person so it'll be interesting to see in his more advanced age now since the original film let's call it what capacity he is involved in the series going forward so i'm looking forward to finding out more about that disney is actually also reportedly in talks with the bbc or british broadcasting company here in the uk to air the doctor who tv series on disney plus reportedly this will also include new episodes as they're released on the bbc here in the uk so interested to find out more about that we do watch doctor who here in this house and we've been really enjoying the latest series and are looking forward to finding out more about the transition to the new doctor over this next year as well so uh, looking forward to finding out if we'll be able to see that on disney plus in the coming uh, months or months or year or whatever it is 
Anyway, we'll find out more hopefully soon about that one. There's also been some new photos released this past couple of weeks from the set of the upcoming Percy Jackson series, which shows some of the characters uh, or lead characters in the series in a woods. Now, if anyone's read the books, this is quite early on in the very first book, so it'd be interesting to find out more about this and maybe where this will fall within the series and how many episodes this series will comprise of as to how many... Uh, how many chapters of the book should i say will be adapted to each episode of a t of the tv series so yeah really looking forward to this one i'm still reading the books to my son we're about halfway through the fourth book at the moment but yeah really really enjoying this one we also found out this past couple of weeks that filming has wrapped on the upcoming Marvel Secret Invasion series, which stars Samuel L. Jackson. So looking forward to finding out more about that. I do. I will be touching on that again shortly from the San Diego Comic-Con information. But before that, Oscar Isaac has actually teased a second season of Moon Knight via a TikTok video which shows him in Cairo. And it was actually shared by, by one of the series directors. Now, watching this video, they're on a boat, it seems, in Cairo. And they said we would like to find out the person hosting this video said we would like to find out more if there's going to be a second scene a season of moon knight they turn the video to someone else i think it might be the director i'm not sure but then they turn it over to oscar isaac and he said why else would we be in cairo so really interested to find out more about that because i really enjoyed moon knight i know a lot of people it might not be their favorite marvel tv series but i really enjoyed it and i think that the way that it was left really teased a second season going forward so yeah really looking forward to finding out more information about that now as i said in my last show and uh, i alluded to just now san diego comic con actually happened whilst i was on holiday and disney and marvel both made multiple announcements about upcoming marvel projects that uh, are in the pipeline let's say over the next couple of years and it was really exciting to be able to see all this i did include all of these in my instagram stories after they were announced hopefully people were able to see that i saw that there are about 50 60 people per uh, slide that, re- that actually saw it many people i saw were listeners as well others maybe not listeners so hopefully maybe we're welcoming some new people with this one as well but anyway i will touch on those briefly now in terms of upcoming tv projects what if season two has been announced it will premiere in 2023 and it's already actually been renewed for a third season as well X-Men 97 will debut in fall of 2023 and also has also been renewed for a second season. It's also now been confirmed finally, and I'm so thankful for this bit of information, that Charlie Cox will return to the role of Matt Murdock in an upcoming TV series titled Daredevil Born Again, which is due in spring of 2024. I am so looking forward to seeing him return to this character on the small screen. And it also looks like we might see him in some other TV series leading up to this as well it has been teased that he'll make an appearance in the current she-hulk series so i'm i'm looking forward to finding out more about that secret invasion which i just spoke about which has finished filming is due to debut in spring of 2023 the echo tv series which is also rumored to feature the dead character of daredevil and matt murdoch is due in uh, let's have a look summer of 2023 loki season two is also due in summer of 2023 Ironheart, the TV series, is due to hit our screens in fall of 2023. And the Agatha Harkness TV series has actually changed its name. It was originally announced to be called the House of Harkness, but it's now been changed to the Coven of Chaos, and that's due in winter of 2023. 
We also got some information about some upcoming Marvel movies as well, which are due to be released over the next few years. It was announced that Captain America New World Order will be released on May 3rd, 2024, which will see the return of Sam Wilson as the new Captain America after the Falcon and the Winter Soldier TV series. We found out that the Thunderbolts will be released on July 26th, 2024. Of course, this is something that's been teased for the longest time, that there will be a, a villains team sort of being built and put together. And we've seen this kind of being alluded to in a few of the Marvel series already. We found out that Fantastic Four will release on November 4th, 2024. And we also found out about two new Avengers films that are in the pipeline as well. We found out about Avengers The Kang Dynasty, which will be released on May 2nd, 2025. And also in the same year, we'll also be getting Avengers Secret Wars, which will debut on November 7th, 2025. Now, it's rumoured that these two films will link heavily together and will be almost a, a part one and a part two with the Kang Dynasty introducing a new multiversal war, which will actually involve many characters from throughout the multiverse. And we may see a lot of duality of characters on screen as well, or maybe even some characters that have previously maybe died in the MCU, may see a return in the Secret Wars. All of these are rumours at the moment, but to say that we'll be getting two two Avengers films in May and in November of 2025, these are going to be big films, and they're not wanting to hold back on these. Moving away from the Marvel news now, Disney and Pixar have released a trailer for the upcoming Cars on the Road series, which is set to debut on Disney Plus on September 8th. We also saw the release of Star Wars Andor has been reportedly delayed to September 21st, according to the most recent trailer. Apparently, the first three episodes will now be released on September 21st, and the film Rogue One, which stars the character of Andor, will reportedly see a limited theatre re-release prior to the series premiere. But we'll keep an eye on this one and see if that September 21st date does stick in the calendar. We also found out that the Mighty Ducks Game Changers Season 2 has been announced it will premiere on September 28th of this year. Prey, the latest film in the Predator franchise, has become the biggest streaming exclusive launch across Hulu, Star and Disney Plus platforms worldwide. And Disney Plus has hit 152 million subscribers around the world, ahead of its ad-supported tier launching in the US later this year. This actually also came off of the back of it was also announced that for the first time UK subscribers have actually decreased on the streaming service. This, of course, is due in part to the increased cost of living here in the UK. So it'll be interesting to see how that goes going forwards. Cost of living in the UK has actually been rising a lot over this past year and has caused many people to cut back on some non-essential items such as streaming services, which is part of where Netflix has already seen a huge drop here in the UK as well, especially as they're streaming service costs a lot lot more also we did find out more for the about the ad supported disney plus offering which is coming later this year in the us rather than actually seeing a price decrease for the ad supported tier which i was expecting and i think many other people were expecting the ad supported option for disney plus over in the us will actually enter at the current us price for the non-ads tier which i think is an absolutely huge mistake and also the non-ads tier will actually be increased by three dollars to 10.99 per month or 109.99 per year and like i say i think that this is the absolutely wrong way to be able to go with this don't get me wrong i understand that disney want to be able to make their money on this streaming service which has proved so popular and has actually gained i think uh, more viewership than netflix in many parts of the world at the moment but anyway 
I, I think that this has been the wrong way to go. Personally, I think many people are expecting that the ad-supported tier would come in at a slightly cheaper price and that maybe the no-ads tier would see a slighter increase just so that there was that gap between the two. But I think bringing it in at the exact same price as the current no-ads tier is a big mistake and will actually put many, many people off taking up the no-ads tier because they're like, well... I would have been paying this for the no ads tier previously. So what many people are doing right now is that they are signing up in advance of the um, no ads, uh, sorry, the ad supported tier launching so that they can get no ads and then they're paying for a year's worth so that they can get advantage of paying the lower price without any ads when in a couple of months time people are going to be paying the same price to get ads. So yeah. Um, I'm disappointed with this and I'm I'm hoping that we see a change elsewhere in the world as this rolls out or maybe we see a price decrease, although I highly, highly, highly doubt that that will happen. But yeah, I, personally, I don't think that this is the right way to go with Disney on this pricing structure, but this is just my opinion. And I would like to be able to hear your thoughts about it. Let me know what you think. Do you think bringing in the ad supported tier at the current no ads tier is a good idea by Disney? Is this going to be people were signing up at that price already so let's just give them ads at that price or do you think disney should have introduced this as a slightly lower price tier but then still also increased the no ads tier to get that price gap between the two i personally think that the 10.99 per month is still acceptable for no ads especially when you compare this to something like netflix for example i think that that's a very good price range but i also feel that by bringing in the ad supported tier at the current no ads price is just a mistake and i just would like to hear people's thoughts on this let me know over on social media at at or forward slash the d plus club plus being the word plus of course or over in the sorcerer radio discord at srsounds.com forward slash discord or over in the sorcerer radio fun zone facebook group I am going to immediately move on now to what's new and coming soon to Disney Plus, of course, because I have rattled on for quite a while already with my holiday stuff. Whilst I've been off, we have had plenty of new episodes. We've had things like Only Murders in the Building, uh, Season 2, Episodes 5, 6, and 7. So we're even closing out on the end of that series. And I have absolutely loved this series so far. Me and my wife have actually caught up on all of the episodes that we missed once we got back. And yeah, really, really enjoying this series so far. I do feel that it's got that same mystery and intrigue that the very first season had, but also by making it different and diverse again. So I'm looking forward to finding out a lot more leading into this final episode. I think that we have found out who the mystery killer is, but, you know, with the last season we had, in the final episode, we had twists and turns alone. So, yeah, looking forward to seeing that episode this next week. And, my friend Andy, I'm hope, hopefully he's been able to keep caught up, up on this because I know he really enjoys Only Murders in the Building as well and uh, we'll be talking about that in, in, at the pub in a couple of weeks' time as well. We've also been watching High School Musical, the musical, the series season three, which has actually had its first four episodes. I'm interested to find out more about where they're going with this series. I didn't think that the last season was as good as the first, but I think that the format that they're taking this series is actually really good. They've introduced some really interesting new characters but also some of the characters that i thought would have been included aren't and i think that's to do with the format of the series with it being a summer camp not all of the characters would be going but yeah i'm interested to find out more about maybe whether we'll see some of these characters as the series goes on 
We've also, this past week, got the first episode of She-Hulk, which is episode one, and I absolutely loved this. I think it's got a completely fresh tone to the MCU, especially with having this breaking the the fourth wall where the character of Jennifer Walters uh, and She-Hulk as well actually talk directly to the ca- the camera in some format, in some scenes, should I say, throughout the first episode. And I'd like to see where they take that going forwards. Of course, in the comics, she do- does, does this. She does do this. Sorry, I'm falling over my words uh, an hour into recording. Uh, but yeah, she does do this in the comics. And also another character which is famous for this, of course, is Deadpool. So I'm hoping to be able to see more of this going forward in the series and seeing how they could potentially do this in the next Deadpool film, which will be part of the MCU as well. But yeah, really, really enjoyed this first episode, which was very much setting up the character of She-Hulk into this series. This first episode alone acted as, a, acted as an origin story, and it worked really, really well. I think that something like Miss Marvel was really a, a whole season of an origin story, whereas She-Hulk did an entire origin story really well in a single episode. And this just sets up being able to work with the character of She-Hulk as a a full-blown character going through the season now so yeah really really enjoyed that i also watched the iron groups shorts this past week as well which were released whilst i was on holiday i really enjoyed them they were fun they could have been a bit longer i think they're about five minutes a piece including credits so what three minutes in total i think my daughter's shouting in the background there uh, but yeah, I, I was really interested to be able to see uh, how they were able to bring in the character of Baby Groot, especially as now we have Teenage Groot and could be getting an adult Groot in a future film as well. But yeah, no, I was really interested to find out more about what they were doing with this. And it seems to cover a time period from Baby Groot, from Guardians 1 through to Guardians 2 and beyond. So yeah. Really, really enjoyed that. And also I've been watching How I Met Your Father, or should I say, before we went on holiday, we finished How I Met Your Mother and then also watched all of the first season of How I Met Your Father. And we enjoyed it. It's not How I Met Your Mother, although I don't think they're trying to be either. They're trying to be different enough, but I don't know. I think I just need to spend some more time with these characters going into the next season. It's just, it was too short of a time for 10 episodes to become too invested in these characters. And I felt like... You could see where they were taking the next step with these characters, but even then, still really, really enjoyed it. But what have we got to look forward to this next week? Well, starting on Tuesday here in the UK, we will be getting the final episode in the second season of Only Murders in the Building. My wife told me the other day that I've been saying Only Murders in the Building for the longest time, and I think it's just I'm just slipping over my own tongue. But yeah, we'll be get, we will be getting the final episode in the second season of Only Murders in the Building. Moving on to Wednesday, we'll be getting another new episode, the fifth episode of High School Musical, the musical, the series. And in the US, you'll be getting Blackish, season eight, Disney Junior's Eureka, and also Disney's Chibi Tiny Tales Shorts, season two. Here in the UK, we'll also be getting 911 Lone Star, season three, episode eight. Solar Opposites, Season 3, Episode 9. El Galan, La TV, Kibo, El No. I think that's how you say that. Episode 11. And also we'll be getting Ryan Reynolds and Rob McElneys. I'm not sure how you say his surname. I am really, really sorry. We'll also be getting the docuseries 
Welcome to Wrexham, which explores what happened when the duo invested in the Welsh football or soccer club, Wrexham, and their journey to not only invest in the team, but also bring hope and changes into the local community. Moving on to Thursday, which I still think it's odd that we're getting these released on a Thursday after we've been getting Wednesday and Friday releases for the longest time. But anyway, moving on to Thursday, we'll be getting the second episode of She-Hulk, Attorney at Law, where we'll start to see what happens when the world finds out there is another Hulk around. And then on Friday in the US, you'll be getting the special Doc McStuffins, Doc is 10, to celebrate the character's 10th birthday. And in the UK, we'll be getting the movie Love and Other Drugs from 2010, where Jamie Randall, a pharmaceutical sales representative and also a womanizer, finds love in Maggie, a young woman who suffers from early onset Parkinson's disease, just as his career begins to skyrocket. And that's about it for this next week. It's actually quite a short week in terms of what's new and coming soon, which is part of the reason which is why I wanted to combine this and the news into one section, especially after me talking for so long about the holiday. Hopefully people enjoyed hearing about it, though. I did ramble a little bit, and I can talk more about other things in more detail if people would like me to in a future episode. Just let me know about that. Just drop me a message. But apart from that, what are you most looking forward to watching on Disney Plus this next week? Drop me a message over on social media at at or forward slash the D plus club, plus being the word plus, or over on Sorcerer Radio in the Discord at srsounds.com forward slash Discord, or in the Sorcerer Radio Disney Fun Zone Facebook group. I will take another brief break now, and then I'll be back with the Weekly Movie Club. Are you a park opener? Maybe you love the smell of pirate water. Here at Three Cheeky Chicks Wax Company, we're a little sweet on Gaston, and we think you might be too. Bring these magically inspired scents to your home, or it could be off with your head. Magically scent your world at magicallyscented.com. Sorcerer Radio listeners, be sure to use the code SOR20 to get 20% off your next magically scented order. Looking for the show that talks about all things Disney? Then check out the Disney list with Kristen and Al John. They've got news on Disney, Marvel, Star Wars, the parks, and so much more. Listen to the Disney list every Monday, 1 p.m. Eastern on Sorcerer Radio, srsounds.com. And now it's time for the return of the Weekly Movie Club. And as I mentioned earlier, this past week, or a few weeks, should I say, movie has been Thor Ragnarok. So if you've never seen Ragnarok before, this is your spoiler warning. If you don't want to be spoiled, pause the show, go and watch the film, and then come back and join us for the rest of the podcast. And now, of course, with the spoiler warning out of the way, let's get right into it. Two years after the Battle of Sokovia, Thor is imprisoned by the fire demon Surtur, who reveals that Thor's father Odin is no longer on Asgard. He explains that the realm will soon be destroyed during the prophesied Ragnarok, once Surtur unites his crown with the eternal flame that burns in Odin's vault. Thor frees himself, defeats Surtur, and takes his crown, believing that he has prevented Ragnarok. Thor returns to Asgard to find Heimdall gone and his estranged brother Loki posing as Odin. After exposing Loki, Thor forces him to help find their father and with the directions from Stephen Strange at the Sanctum Sanctorum in New York, they locate Odin in Norway. Odin explains that he is dying, Ragnarok is imminent despite Thor's efforts to prevent it and his passing will free his firstborn child Hela from prison that she was sealed in long ago. Hela was the first leader of Asgard's armies, conquering the Nine Realms with Odin. 
but he imprisoned her and wrote her out of history, out of fear that she had become too ambitious and too powerful. Odin dies, and Thor and Loki look on, and Hela appears, destroying Thor's hammer Molnir in the process. She pursues the two as they attempt to flee through the Bifrost Bridge, forcing them out and into space. Arriving in Asgard, she defeats its army and kills the Warriors Three. She then resurrects the ancient dead who once fought with her, including her giant wolf Fenris, and appoints the Asgardian Scourge as her new executioner. Helena plans to use the Bifrost to expand Asgard's empire, but Heimdall sneaks in, takes the sword that controls the Bifrost, and begin, begins hiding other Asgardians. Thor crash lands on Sakaar, a garbage planet surrounded by wormholes. A slave trader, designated Scrapper 142, subdues him with an obedience disc and sells him as a gladiator to Sakaar's ruler, the Grandmaster, with whom Loki is already befriended. Thor actually recognises 142 as a Valkyrie, one of the legendary force of female warriors who were killed fighting Hela eons ago. Thor is forced to compete in the Grandmaster's Contest of Champions, facing off many different kinds of warriors. First of all, is his old friend Hulk, who has been trapped in Hulk form and Sakaar for two years. Summoning lightning, Thor gets the upper hand, but the Grandmaster sabotages the fight to ensure Hulk's victory. Still enslaved after the fight, Thor attempts to convince Hulk and 142, the Valkyrie, how to save Asgard, but neither is willing. He soon, however, manages to escape the palace and finds the Quinjet that brought Hulk to Sakaar. Hulk actually follows Thor to the Quinjet, where a recording of Natasha Romanoff causes him to transform back into Bruce Banner for the first time since Sokovia. The Grandmaster orders 142 and Loki to find Thor and Hulk, but the pair come to blows and Loki forces her to relive the deaths of her Valkyrie companions at the hands of Hela. Deciding to help Thor, she takes Loki captive. Unwilling to be left behind, Loki provides the group with the means to steal one of the Grandmaster's ships, and they liberate the other gladiators, who, incited by two aliens named Kord and Meek, stage a revolution. Loki again attempts to betray his brother, but Thor anticipates this and incapacitates him, leaving him behind with Korg and Meek and the gladiators who soon find him. Thor, Banner, and 142 escaped through a wormhole to Asgard, where Hela's forces attack Heimdall and the remaining Asgardians in pursuit of the sword that controls the Bifrost. Banner again transforms into the Hulk, defeating Fenris, whilst Thor and 142 fight Hela and her warriors. Soon after, Loki and the other gladiators arrive to rescue the citizens of Asgard, and Scourge sacrifices himself to enable their escape. Thor, facing Hela, loses his right eye, and then has a vision of Odin that helps him realise only Ragnarok can stop her. He sends Loki to retrieve Surtur's crown and place it in the Eternal Flame. Surtur is then reborn and destroys Asgard, killing Hela as the refugees flee into space. Aboard the Grandmaster's spaceship, Thor, now King of Asgard, reconciles with Loki and decides to take his people to Earth. However, in a mid-credits scene, they are intercepted by a large spacecraft. And in a post credit scene, the overthrown Grandmaster is confronted by his former subjects. Thor Ragnarok was released on November 3rd, 2017, with a budget of $180 million. It then went on to make $854 million at the global box office. 
When promoting the release of Thor The Dark World in October of 2013, Chris Hemsworth expressed his willingness to portray Thor for as long as people wanted more, adding that he was contracted for another Thor film and two more Avengers films. In January of 2014, Marvel announced that Craig Kyle and Christopher Yost would write the screenplay for the third film, with Feige again producing. The story was being outlined in that July, and at the end of October in 2014, Feige announced that the film would be titled Thor Ragnarok, with a scheduled release date of July 28, 2017. Feige said that the film would be very important in the Phase 3 of the Marvel Cinematic Universe. In February of 2015, Marvel actually pushed back the release to November 3rd of 2017, with filming scheduled to start in June of 2016. By October of 2015, Taika Waititi had entered negotiations to direct, presenting a sizzle reel for the tone and some joke stuff for the film. Using some clips from other films, including Big Trouble in Little China, and the soundtrack Immigrant Song by Led Zeppelin, which was actually later used in the film and also in the promotional material. Marvel reportedly thought that the reel was amazing and announced him as the director later that month, along with Mark Ruffalo returning as Bruce Banner or the Hulk. Whilst it was originally announced that Jamie Alexander would return to the role of Lady Sif in a pivotal role in the film, she later announced that due to filming conflicts for her TV series Blindspot, that she would no longer be able to appear in the movie. She was then later able to reprise her role of Lady Sif in the Loki series, as well as Thor Love and Thunder. Taika Waititi said that the film would reinvent the franchise, and a lot of what they were doing with the film was a kind of way of dismantling and destroying the old idea, and rebuilding it in a new way that is fresh, focusing on making it standalone as a film that he wanted to make as the best version of a Marvel movie he could make. And he also stated in interviews that many of the scenes that were actually filmed for the film were also left open for actors to be able to improvise or ad-lib and that many of these ad-libbed or improvised scenes actually made their way into the final cut of the movie. Taika Waititi also motion-captured and voiced the character of Korg in the film, along with all other later appearances of the character in the MCU. Filming actually eventually began in July of 2016, and ran through until the end of October in 2016, before entering post-production in January of 2017. Taika Waititi's initial cut of the movie was actually 2 hours and 40 minutes long, before it was then cut round to around the 90 minute mark. Due to the success of Thor Ragnarok, Taika Waititi was also asked to return to write and also direct another Thor movie, which eventually became Thor Love and Thunder, which saw the return of Thor, Lady Sif, Valkyrie, Jane Foster, and members of the Guardians of the Galaxy, as well as other Thor characters who had not returned in Ragnarok. Now let's take a look at a few other facts from the film. Sir Anthony Hopkins had decided against returning as Odin, but upon reading the story, he did change his mind. Chris Hemsworth plays Thor in this movie, whilst his older brother Luke actually plays actor Thor in the movie as well. Their younger sibling Liam had also been considered for the role of Thor in the very first movie. During the world premiere, Mark Ruffalo was actually live streaming for his Instagram, and he actually forgot to end it, so he accidentally filmed the first 10 minutes of the movie. Led Zeppelin's Immigrant Song appears in this movie and also in the trailer, and this is actually very noteworthy, because Led Zeppelin is known for very rarely licensing their music for use in feature films, television series, or in video games. Kate Blanchett accepted the role in the movie to please her children, who are all Marvel Comics fans. Blanchett's eldest son actually suggested she take the role of Hela, saying that it would be a big career boost for her. 
This next one's actually one that I've seen multiple times in multiple different interviews, but I'll include it anyway because many people may still not know about it. Thor's friend from work line about the Incredible Hulk was actually suggested to Chris Hemsworth by a Make-A-Wish child who was visiting the set on the day the scene was filmed. He ad-libbed it in one of the takes and it was actually used in the final cut of the film. And finally, in this week's Spot Stanley, Stanley can be seen as a servant to the Grandmaster on Sakaar, who cuts Thor's hair. And that's about it for this movie. What did you think? Personally, this is my favourite of all of the Thor films, including the very first Thor film, which kind of sets up the character. I love that. This is my favourite film in the Thor franchise, saying that I actually haven't seen Love and Thunder yet, so I may change my mind once I do get to see that for myself. But no, I absolutely love Thor Ragnarok. I think that the lighter tone is exactly what this film needed, especially after Thor The Dark World, which took itself way, way, way too seriously. I think Taika Waititi did an absolutely brilliant job, and bringing in the character of Korg, which he also plays, adds that extra comical value to this as well. And I really like the character of Korg, and I think that including him not only in this movie, but also in other movies in the MCU has actually been absolutely brilliant. Sorry, I'm stumbling over my own words there. And also the character of Korg was seen in a com- commercial with Deadpool as well. And Deadpool was asking him how he could like become a member of the MCU or be, be a part of the MCU. I think it was actually filmed in part as a promo for Free Guy, which Taika Waititi and Ryan Reynolds were both in. So yeah, anyway, really enjoyed that as well. But no, getting back to this movie, really, really enjoyed this. I like that they're able to bring in the Hulk into this as well and potentially set up the future of a planet hulk movie as well i know that there's been multiple suggestions over the years that there could be a planet hulk movie going back as far as thor ragnarok and even more recently in she hulk as well people are still suggesting suggesting that stories could still be set up to include a planet hulk movie and i think that would be really interesting as well but i do really really enjoy this movie how they were able to bring in the character of hulk and thor korg the valkyrie as well and just how it all plays out i think it was really good to be able to set up this next phase in the mcu and almost take the asgardians out of power in a way anyway it works really really well and uh, yeah really really enjoyed this movie over in the discord bell said i love the use of action and humor Brandon said, I really enjoyed Ragnarok, another action-packed movie with twists and turns. I love the use of the Pure Imagination song from Willy Wonka and the Chocolate Factory when Thor was about to meet the Grandmaster. And Tim over on Instagram said, I really enjoyed Thor Ragnarok. I think it's one of my favourites in all of the MCU. And I have to agree, I think it's up there in one of my favourites as well, especially in the standalone films, not taking into account the Avengers films as well. So yeah, I really enjoyed it as well. Now, I was also going to briefly touch on Spider-Man Homecoming, but I am very cautious on time. And also, Spider-Man Homecoming isn't available everywhere on Disney+. Plus. I know it's available here in the UK. I believe Canada, Australia, they also have it available as well, although I'm not too certain on that. I know Australia definitely do, maybe New Zealand as well. But because it's not available in every country, I won't cover it in detail. But what I do want to very briefly say is that Spider-Man Homecoming is listed in the MCU release order as being the next film before Thor Ragnarok. And also it does include Robert Downey Jr. as Iron Man. So I would say if you get the chance, head on over to wherever you can watch Spider-Man on streaming platforms or digital purchase or if you have it on dvd or blu-ray and i would also watch this over this next couple of weeks in the mcu watch along if you're watching along with us 
Thank you very much for everyone on your comments on the movie this week. And I'm sorry that it's been such a long time since I actually originally posted this, of course, with my holiday and everything. It's ran for quite a while, this last movie club. Now, though, it's time to see what the guys over at Diz His had to say about Thor Ragnarok. Diz His, Diz His, review. Review. D plus is Thor Ragnarok, which is probably one of my favorite Marvel movies. Agreed. Um, yeah. So what do you guys think about it? Jen, what do you think about this movie? Oh, my gosh. It, it's one that I can't even tell you how many times we watch it just because it is by far the funniest. You think it's in, funnier than Guardians? I think oh, it's really funny. It's I just love everything about it. It's just mm -hmm. the witty banter. It's funny. It is just as funny, if not funnier than Guardians. It is. Mm -hmm. I agree with you. It's definitely up there. It's probably one. Of, it's one of my favorite um, I love the Hulk. The Hulk's in this one, right? Mm -hmm. uh, I love Jeff Goldblum in it. There's so many different aspects <laughs> to this you movie. You can't yeah, think I know, about right? it without just laughing, right? It's true. Like at the end, man, right? When Hulk, like, he's like, oh, he's, what do you say at the very end? He just falls down. It doesn't turn into the Hulk. He's like, <laughs> like splats on the ground. It's so funny, right? I'm not even lying with you. I think I might go watch it after this episode. As I'm so funny. Asleep. Yeah, it's really good. Alex, what do you think of it? Oh, man, I hate this movie. It's so bad. Get out of here. You're, you're, <laughs> you're no. lying. No, it is, it, is, it, it is up there with Guardians um, for sure. And it's it's such a great movie. I'm glad that the next Thor movie I haven't seen yet. Jen did see. Chris is seeing it right now as we record, actually. Um, I like how they continued. I feel like they continued that kind of feel. Is that is that what they did? They continued the feel of Thor Ragnarok? Yeah, Kind of like that type? I mean, it, was, it wasn't as... Um... The jokes were a little bit more spread out uh -huh. in this one. Um, and we'll get to that, you know, this whole movie, that whole movie in itself. But, um, you know, yes, very similar. Same same director, right? I'm pretty sure. Yeah. Um, well, so, uh, but why is it not as funny? That's a kind of that worries me. No, no, no. I mean, it's funny. It's just that there's a lot of other um, elements in it. Because, you know, because it was funny because Thor was good. And then Thor the Dark World, I thought was a big letdown. And they kind of I don't know a single person that likes that. Exactly. And then they made Thor Ragnarok and they really brought it back. And they kind of like established Thor as one of the best heroes in the sense of his movies being funny. They're like, you know, oh, you guys didn't like Thor the Dark World? Fine. We'll do Thor Ragnarok then. And then they punch <laughs> us in the face of that and we're like, yes, give us more. Cause that was that's an that's a hilarious movie from beginning to end. You're right. It is it is so funny. And I think it is definitely up there as one of the top two movies, this, it, it being compared to Guardians 1, I think. Right. Just because Guardians 1 was so different, yeah. you know, but. I so, like Guardians 2 better than Guardians 1. Well, but as far as like the, you know, like the humor aspect of it and mm. things like that. But um, there's just there's so many good characters in Ragnarok. Yeah, there you are. You know, I love Korg. Oh, my yes, gosh. Korg I just so love him. Okay. Um. You know, we we quote this movie a lot in this house. What What's are you laughing at? I'm laughing at Korg. He's <laughs> funny, right? Remember funny at character. the end when uh, like his little buddy dies? Yeah. He's like, <laughs> yeah. like, oh, he's alive. Oh, he's alive. <laughs> he's like, <laughs> oh man, Korg is so funny. I like I like that he's gonna be in the new movie. That's awesome. He's got a big part in the new um, movie too. He does. Yeah. Yeah, Jeff Goldblum in it, in it as Grandmaster is hilarious. Yeah, you know, the that is the beginning of that movie is so good. How it not the beginning where they he, he gets transported, but as soon as he gets transported, that movie like kicks into high gear as being yeah. one of the best movies 
Uh, it's oh my god! And the beginning's really funny too. Remember, he's sitting there with the chain, and he's kind of going like he has Ragnarok, and he's just spinning. You know, yeah, he's like, that oh. part that part is good. But I'm saying the the story part when it's with his sister, and that's all like that's interesting, but it's not mm-hmm. amazing. And then when he gets transported, that's when the movie really kicks in high gear. And I think it's it's definitely amazing. The, yeah, it's and the music. Just, let's talk about the music. Music is yes. great. That, and you know, they probably took it from Guardians of the Galaxy. Like, hey, let's give this a really badass soundtrack yeah and then that's been like the recurrent theme with yes. these movies is their soundtracks are just uh, amazing and love and thunder is no different oh my god i totally forgot about the scene when oh, thor gets there ghost? no piss, piss off goes funny no the that's scene fun. when thor gets loki. there and loki is watching thor the movie but he has actors and he has luke Hemsworth uh, playing thor matt damon and matt damon yes yes <laughs> The piss off ghost is I I cry <laughs> laughing at that so hard. <laughs> oh man, you're right, Joe. That makes me just want to watch this movie, and I don't like watching movies over and over. But this movie I could watch over and over yeah, it's funny. and over. Yeah. It's so good. Thank you very much, guys. Remember, you can catch them on Fridays on Sorcerer Radio at 1 p.m. and 8 p.m. Eastern, as well as on all major podcasting platforms, including the Sorcerer Radio website at srsounds.com forward slash dizhiz. Remember, if you want to send me all comments on the Weekly Movie Club each week, you can do so in the Weekly Movie Club room in the Sorcerer Radio Discord at srsounds.com forward slash discord or of course on any of my posts on social media at at or forward slash the d plus club or over in the sorcerer radio fun zone facebook group also if you want to leave me an audio comment on the movie like the guys that did his you can record one and send one over on my anchor page at anchor.fm forward slash the d plus club next week for the weekly movie club we'll be watching the very first frozen movie Until then, though, hopefully you have a good week. Thank you very much for tuning in this week, and hopefully you can tune in again next time. Have a great one, everyone. Bye-bye.